0: Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast exploring loving God and loving our neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I am Tommy Morris. Hey, Scott Vitro in the studio today. That's right. Welcome back. It's been a while.
1: It has been a while. I'm excited to uh, kick this off again and get back into it. I've been, been missing
0: this. So Yeah, man. I miss you. Yeah. So let's let's do it. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about something that I think every Christian faces, times of <laughs> discouragement. Yeah.
1: Hopefully every Christian has faced this or what. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. I mean, in, in, in some form or fashion, Yeah, right? Yeah. We've probably faced it. So we, we both have some notes here and we'll go through them and, and just hopefully we'll be able to encourage the listeners and give them some options and things to, to kind of do to help come out of that, that funk
1: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's that's part of the discussion is encouraging one another in this. So, yeah. to just go ahead and rip the
0: band-aid off, tell them tell them what we're tell them what we're doing. Today. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So, discouragement can come for different reasons. You know, we it could be sin. We could be in sin. And we could just be feeling down, beating ourselves up, kind of wallowing in it. You know, so that can be one thing. Um it could just be just plain old discouragement, depression maybe. It could be trials. We could just be facing trials and tribulations, I guess, here on earth, living mm-hmm. in a sinful fallen world. Anything else you can think that can kind of, Oh, like trigger, about? A trigger, <laughs> trigger yeah. Trigger discouragement. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Sin, sin can definitely be that. I mean, yeah. You don't want to just think like that's all it can ever be, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think God grows us through not, not necessarily the discouragement piece, but through trials. Right. And so discouragement is a piece of that, you know, sometimes, I was thinking through this because we've been talking about discouragement and I think that last time we talked about it, I kept saying suffering and, um, that can be a component of it as well. Right. Um, but they are, you know, different things. And I, I, I think it might just be good just to talk about just maybe off the fly, like what we think discouragement is, you know, and like for, for me, it's, it's a feeling of, uh, well, I, I guess that's what it is. It's a feeling of, for me, it's usually like hopelessness or I'm tired or I'm empty, or I just can't see, you know, what I want to see. And the thing is, is, you know, just as people, we really struggle with that, but that's, that's kind of the opposite of hope, right? You know, you hope for things that you can't see. And so discouragement, you know, for me is like when you're, trying to get something done or, you know, even if you think it's God's will, and a lot of times it could be God's will, but, you know, just, just that feeling of, you know, maybe loneliness or that, you know, maybe God's given up on me or abandoned this. And, you know, it can really get your mind in a place where you start to, where you start to question a lot of things like, well, is this God's will? Or, you know, am I doing this wrong? Um, or is this just really hard? you know, yeah. sort of thing. And I mean, it, it's such a broad topic because I mean, it can really bleed into, like you said, I mean, it can be, you know, physical, you know, mental, emotional discouragement. It, it can cover a broad number of topics. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm in pain or Correct. something, um, which I mean, pain, you know, can definitely, you know, trigger discouragement too. Uh, especially if you have to go through something really hard or for, for a long time. So yeah, that's kind of what discouragement is, is for me. Yeah. You know, so
0: I would, I would uh, concur. I think hopeless is a word I would use for the times that I face discouragement, just like what's going on feeling kind of stuck. Like, how am I going to get out of this? You know, what's going to make this lift off of me, this like dark heaviness or whatever it is. And, Um, You know, some of it can stem from me not having any patience. You know, I want an answer and and I want it now and I want to know what's going on or what's next. And, you know, when when that's not happening fast enough, I can get discouraged or when I'm feeling like maybe I'm just not being able to be used like what's my purpose or whatever. Like, you know, I've struggled with that in the past. That's, that's brought on discouragement. So yeah, there's a lot of different things and it can look a lot of different ways. I mean, it can, it can get us down. It can affect our physical health. It can, we can get sick from it. Absolutely. You know, it can affect um, mental health, emotional health, all all of it, you know, it can affect our relationships with others. You know, I, I think I tend to shut down and isolate in those times. Because uh, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean,
1: I, I know that you know men get a bad rap for that, but I think especially with discouragement, like there's there's no like oh it's just you know men try to isolate. I think most people, yeah. you know, tend to retreat in discouragement. But I mean, our uh, our ultimate authority is Scripture, and I mean, as you laid out before, I mean, there's a lot of really good examples of people. Uh, not only in the Bible, you know Old Testament, New Testament, but even you know great theologians you know of the past who have really struggled with discouragement so oh yeah I think uh, I think part of the start of encouragement is that it's common yes. and that we are not alone and I think those are two really important things it's something that we share in our broken humanity um, but we're also not alone not just in the Vast amount of people who've also been discouraged, but you know, we're ultimately not alone in it. Even when we feel alone in discouragement.
0: Yeah, I think the encouragement is that it's people that we consider mm-hmm. like giants of the faith mm-hmm. who, who face discouragement, like Elijah, right? You know, Elijah takes on the prophets on the Mount fire comes down from heaven and then he's hiding going, God, kill me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's right. like what in the world just happened? David, battle discouragement often, you know, you can read through the Psalms, his cries for help and, and his discouragement. And Job, you know, we know Job faced it from, from all aspects, you know, having his family taken away his his wealth, but then physically his health taken as as well and faced, you know, bouts of discouragement. And I think it's pretty well known on record that uh, Charles Spurgeon battled depression often. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. The, the Prince of Preachers, Discouraged, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like that you brought up David too, you know, because we talk about like some of the causes sometimes, and um, I mean, obviously God is sovereign and all that happened, you know, according to His will and for a reason. But it, it 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 kind of made me think, like, so when David was younger, he faced a lot of discouraging things. Like, at least in my opinion, I would be discouraged to, you know fight lions or bears to protect a herd, <laughs> right. you know, sheep or whatever, and then obviously Goliath and and then um you know, even when he was a young man, um you know, being chased down by the king and trying to be killed. Yeah, and,
0: you got this father figure trying to yeah. kill
1: you. <laughs> I mean, that's discouraging. Yeah, it 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 really is and it's also hurtful, but the but the difference is with David's life is whenever he was younger Um, his total reliance on the Lord, I think is really what brought him through discouragement. And then you see later in his life, and obviously we're all sinful, but, you know, you kind of see like a, like like a downward trend in his life, um, after his sin with Bathsheba, you know, and then obviously not really parenting his sons well, and you know, that caused a whole bunch of chaos and, you know, murders and, you know, kingdom disruption and things like that. Um. You know, so, so, so there is a component of sin to it, but then we also see David, you know, in his weakest moments, like you said, crying out to God, you know, basically like, you know, Lord, like break my bones, you know, like how long are you going to forsake me? And there's obviously, you know, some prophecy in there too, and, and some foreshadowing about uh, what would happen to Jesus. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I was a little hesitant to say this, so I'd like to get your opinion on it. But um, I think Jesus probably faced some moments of discouragement, not in the sense of him feeling alone other than, you know, being crucified on the cross. But uh, I imagine he had some discouraging moments. I mean, like, you know, you're literally like a perfect you know person and 100% God, and you're constantly like every hour of the day you're seeing brokenness and humanity. Yeah. And I, I just, I imagine if, you know, maybe he ever, you know, had thoughts of discouragement, but you know, then again, he was perfect in relying on God. Um, and, you know, I, I think about that sometimes I'm like, you know, how in the world did, did Jesus walk around still loving people, you know, because he was so perfect and, and, and holy and still is, but just his, um, his, his love for people. Cause I told my wife that one time, I'm like, Even if nobody ever, like, you know, offended Jesus or said or did anything to him, just like him walking around with us, just knowing that we're all sinful, um, you know, and, and, you know, how how much reliance he must have had on God to work through that every single day to actually live among us and see
0: it and live it. So. There's a lot of debate about that a few months ago on a lot of social media platforms where people were okay. questioning, yeah. you know, what did Jesus face emotionally? And, you know, I think the point that was really made was unlike us, you know, in, in our discouragement, one of the things that would set us apart is we move into a sinful place of, yeah. of not trusting the Lord. Right. We we're not trusting his will. We're not trusting his sovereign work in our life. We're not trusting whatever it is that he's taking us through or the sanctification process, where Jesus, being sinless, would have never wavered in his trust of the Lord. It doesn't mean that he didn't face sorrow or, or discouragement. I and mean, we see him weep with Lazarus. We see the anguish in the garden. Yeah, you know, and and even. Praying, if this cup may pass from me, yeah. But then ultimately, not my will, yours be done, and and so we see anguish and sorrow in in Christ and in His humanity, and so I think that there were times of of maybe despair, whatever word you want to use, right. yet without sin, right, you know, without Man. ever losing His trust in what the Father was doing.
1: Yeah. Well, so I, I guess I'll just ask you. What are some of the, I guess we can go over the, the positive and negative things, but what, what happens when you're discouraged?
0: I think the first thing, the first thing that can happen for a lot of people is we become internally focused. Yeah. You know, I think that's what kind of sends us on this spiral down as we just look deeper and deeper into ourselves, you know, and our eyes are no longer on Christ. They're no longer on others. You know, I would, I wouldn't be concerned about what's going on with you because i'm so worried about myself yeah. and my circumstances and i think that that uh, creates a selfishness in it that kind of entraps us and kind of keeps us in it longer so yeah
1: yeah no 100% yeah i uh, tend to internalize myself and you know the, the, to to kind of piggyback back on that it's hard to because sometimes we think like well it's not completely selfish because, you know, sometimes what we're going through affects other people, you know, our yeah. family, our kids, people we love, our church, you know, our job. But, yeah, it, it it is inherently, I think, selfish. But, I mean, I think even, like, on a deeper level, it's really like you're wrestling with the issue of control, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah. you know, yes, like, you know, yeah. Lord, like, you know, you've let me. <laughs> take the reins on this. And now it feels like I have no control, yeah. you know? And I think sometimes it's just a reality check of, of, um, you know, relying on God for everything and, you know, letting the reins go and just being like, <laughs> all right, you know, there, there's literally nothing I can do about this. And, you know, the thing with, with discouragement too, is it doesn't have to be this, you know, big life shattering thing. I mean, you know, some people are discouraged just waking up in the morning I mean, you want to talk about like how hard it is to wake up in the morning when you're battling with prolonged depression, you know, or a season of that, just trying to get your feet on the floor. And I mean, I I don't know about other people, but sometimes like my worst sin, like I'm not a morning person is like first thing in the morning. I'm like, good grief. Like I can't even wake up without having a simple thought or being (laughs) irritated about something, you know, so there, there's this range of discouragement all the way from, you know, very small things up to, you know, huge things in your life. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, it's literally like a playbook of like what not to do, you know, and yeah, so I I really don't want to be around people, you know, I'm more introverted naturally anyway. Um, So yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. I want me and God to kind of handle it, you know, on our own, Um, and I don't really you know, reach out for community, which is, you know, a a big piece of it because, you know, you're literally robbing yourself of other people's encouragement and gifts, you know, or maybe they've walked through something similar, you know, and, you know, you want to talk about suffering and answering like, well, why did this happen or go through this? And I mean, a lot of times, you know, God uses things for us to uh, help walk other, you know, believers Um, and even non-believers, you know, to just kind of see that stark difference in like how we handle, you know a tragedy or pain or you know suffering or whatever it is it 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 all it it usually affects my prayer life too like at the beginning of discouragement I'm usually very withdrawn you know from people and from God and then towards the end like I always feel so stupid you know it's like yeah, I should have got on my knees and just immediately started praying about <laughs> right. this. But it's oh, like, yeah. no, I'm going to try to, you know, carry this burden on my own and, you know, do it, do it all myself. And it's it, just, it it's, is it's interesting
0: silly. that first time you pray, you're like, why didn't I do this like a week <laughs> ago? Yeah, okay. yeah. I could have saved myself a lot of torment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like you're trying to go through a checklist of, okay, what can I do to right. fix it? And then I'll go to God. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. You know, and, 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 maybe that's just part of like our work culture, you know, too, kind of embedded in us. It's like, well, you know, try everything you can first and then you go get help. Yeah. And it's like, no, like I need help now. And, right it, now. and, and, and then sometimes too, I, I think we get caught up in the lie of like, well, you know, I don't want to bother somebody, you know, I don't want to come to them. Cause you know, maybe you feel like you're oversharing, you know, it's too intimate. You don't really want to tell mm-hmm. people what's going on. Um, or you feel like you're gonna, you know, feel like you're stupid, like, oh, well, this is really trivial compared to this person's life. Right, you know? yeah. So I'm not going to go to them. Um, when in reality, you know, you have a whole tool set of things to go to, you know, to, uh, to, to help with that. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I think the first thing that we really need to do is, is put our eyes back on Jesus. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we say that we can become so introspective. Uh, which like you said, maybe not always a bad thing initially, but the problem is, is when it moves into sin, when we become consumed by ourselves and our circumstances, but taking our eyes off of Christ, you know, is part of that control thing. God, if, you know, I, I can figure this out if you'll let me, you know, but when we'll turn our eyes back to him and then we can look to scripture and see what it says about how Christ can help us all through Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about Jesus being the, the merciful and faithful high priest, you know, and it says that he is a high priest who was tempted in every way. Yeah. And yet without sin. that, that anything that we could face as a temptation trial, he's been there. He's faced it in some form or fashion. He has faced that category of temptation or trial. And some of the things he faced will never face probably, you know, the, the hardship. I mean, you're talking about Satan trying to get the son of God to give into temptation in the wilderness, you know, and, and thinking that he had him defeated by him dying on the cross. And so the promise in Hebrews is that him being that faithful high priest, one opens up access for us to the father promises that he will make intercession for us. So he's, praying and interceding for us to the father as he sits at the right hand. But it also just states that, that he gives us help. It says that he will help us in our time of need because in his humanity, he faced it. He knows what it's like for us and our humanity to struggle through trials and through hard times and, and through temptations. So we, we need to keep our eyes fixed on him because he's really our greatest hope.
1: Yeah, no, he, he is. No, I was thinking about Jesus while you were saying that. And I think that the big stark difference is that, you know, Jesus perfectly had an eternal mindset. And I think sometimes we actually don't believe the truth, you know, because we, and I mean, you know, f- feelings aren't bad. Um, but whenever we do feel abandoned and alone or that, you know, maybe God doesn't care, you know, it's uh, it's really tempting to believe that. You know, like oh well, he's busy, or I've done something, and he's kind of just you know letting me suffer the consequences on my own. And like you said, I mean, Scripture is so full of the opposite of that. You know, that um, you know as, as believers, you know, we're supposed to believe in the whole counsel of Scripture, right? And if he has numbered the hairs on our head, you know, and, uh, obviously knows every time, you know, a bird falls out of the air, like how much more does he care for us? And like you said about him, um, you know, suffering and being tempted the same ways, you know, that we are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of run through like a checklist though. Like I, I at least ask two questions because you, know, you brought it up at the beginning and it's like, okay, is this being caused by scent? You know, and that, that's one of those like, hey, my hands on the hot stove, like, you know, the, the pain is real. I'm not really thinking about anybody else at the moment. It's like, OK, Lord, like, what is it that I need to work on, you know, with you right now to, to deal with this? You know, and then kind of my second question is, you know, if, if you're pretty confident that, OK, this isn't a sin issue. And it's like, OK, Lord, like you've got my attention. What are you trying to teach me? You know, and, and sometimes you can work through that question too. And eventually, you know, in retrospect, we usually see something like that. And that's another point too, about, you know, encouraging people through discouragement is looking back on your life and seeing how faithful God's been to you, um, even when you didn't understand, but sometimes you kind of work through those questions and you still don't really get it. You know, like for me, um, sometimes I am just hard headed. And it it takes God a while to, uh, you know, get it through my thick skull about like (laughs) what it is, Um, because maybe I'm not paying attention to the right things. Um, But, yeah, so if you work through the sin question um, or what God's trying to teach you and you still don't really have an answer, then, you know, that that's really when I give up control. You know, and, and maybe I should do it before that. But, I mean, I, I do think it's wise to, to think through some of those questions, um, you know, just so you know that you're trying to pay attention to, to God no, no matter yeah. what's what's going on.
0: Yeah, I but, think the same question is yeah. important right out of the gate because, you know, fellowship is broken because of unrepentant sin. Mm-hmm. That needs to be dealt with first. So as we look to Christ and His holiness, then obviously there should be some conviction there if we're in unrepentant sin or rebellion, yeah. right, against God. And that should be the very first thing. You know, is to confess that, repent, restore that relationship and that line of communication through repentance, and and then move move from there. So I'd say, yeah, deal with sin, eliminate that as a possibility. You yeah. know, first if that's what's going on, and then you know the next thing you said was uh, remembering, and I think when you look at the Israelites, you see this done. So wrong. Over and over, God yeah, did so show times, himself faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And they just kept murmuring, kept complaining, uh, even to the point of wanting the golden calf, wanting Aaron to give them a new God, and just giving up on God, giving up on Moses. And they forgot all the things that God had done deliverance yeah. out of Egypt, the Red Sea, the manna, the quail, the water from the rock, all of it. And we can be like that. We can. We can get so focused on the current circumstance that we forget all the times that God's come through and showed himself faithful to us. You know, it's very easy to do.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, maybe they forgot because I think we forget all the time. You know, we have to be reminded of things constantly. Um, or maybe they just weren't satisfied, you know, with what, what God had done, you know, for them. And yeah, it, it it all goes back to self-reliance. And I mean, that's a good point. You know, everything in the old Testament is pretty much like a a foreshadowing of, (laughs) you know, what God's people are going to go through and and do and stuff like that. What are some of your thoughts on how to, I guess, battle discouragement?
0: You know, earlier you had said that like you, you'll quit praying or you'll like, at least for a while. Right. I think, I think that's the thing. I think the answer lies or a lot of the answers lie in things that we quit doing, yeah. And we're discouraged. You know, we tend, we tend to quit looking at Christ. We tend to quit praying, quit worshiping, quit reading the word, quit fellowshipping. Like a lot of these things fall to the wayside. And, and so I think in those things we can find some really good places to start, but I think we have to approach them with the understanding that it's faith over feelings. You know, when I think about looking to God, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about waiting on the Lord, but it's not this passive waiting. We we have to do something. We don't just sit on the couch and go, all right, God, whenever you decide to make my life, life better, I'm ready. Yeah. Like we need to do something. So there are things we're called to do. And so let's look at these things that maybe we don't feel like doing. More than likely, we don't feel like doing them. Yeah. You know, I don't want to pray when... When I'm feeling that heavy, because a lot of times my, my prayers feel like they have lead balloons tied to them and they're just dropping to the ground as soon as they come out of my mouth. Or I don't even know what to say. Like yeah. I'm, I'm so heavy that I, I can't even get words out or, or articulate a thought in my mind to get it out of my mouth. But I think prayer is a, is a good thing all throughout the Psalms. We see David crying out, you know, that term is used a lot, crying out to the Lord. And I think sometimes that's where we need to start, even if it's just help. God, help me! I don't even know what to pray. I don't know what to do, but I need you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I keep thinking back to the to the Israelites, and I mean, yes, like let, let's definitely talk about the prayer aspect of it, um, but the encouragement too, you know, about community. Like I was thinking about you know Moses during like the battle he's up on the hill you know it's like you know okay as long as you have your hands lifted you know the Israelites are going to win the battle and he's getting tired and exhausted and probably discouraged in his own way yeah. and then people come alongside him and hold his arms up you yeah. know and I like whenever you talked about you know feeling empty I think that's uh it's a beautiful thing you know that that other believers can can come alongside us and do that um And that's that's part of the important part about, you know, confessing and talking to other people about about what's going on, Uh, because we don't have to do this alone. We're not really designed to. Yeah. And I'm just I'm thinking about all the times people have come alongside each other uh, in Scripture and then just in life to uh, to encourage one another. You know, but the, I I guess, like, my kind of question is about the eternal mindset, right? Because Jesus walked this out perfectly. And I mean, we even look at, like, Paul, you know, and he had an intense eternal mindset, right? Oh, yeah, big time. And and obviously, like, as believers, we can spiritually see, but I think we still have, you know, it's, it's like a, a little bit of a shadow, right? Like, we, we, we don't fully know what heaven is like and what this glory of God is going to be like. And I think sometimes we, you know, just think, well, you know, this is my life, especially if you're going through something really hard and sometimes it's just difficult to have that eternal mindset. I mean, at least I, I struggle with that sometimes. I mean, like I, I philosophically, theologically, I know it's true. Um, but when you're going through hard things, like you're so focused on that. And it's just like, man, like there is so much more, you know, and talking about like light and momentary trials and things like that. And sometimes like I struggle with that too. And I'm like, like, yeah, I get it. There's light and momentary trials, you know, and it's nothing compared to the, you know, the glory to come. And I fully believe that, but there's still like the here and now where it's like, well, that's wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to that, but it's still like, well, you know, I'm, I'm still suffering
0: right now. You Job, know, our, our Job battled that, right? I yeah. mean, Job was like, curse the day I was born. <laughs> you know, I mean, he very much focused on the here and now, even though, you know, he's considered a faithful servant. And even though through a lot of it, he did have an eternal perspective. You yeah. know, when he says naked, I came into the world, na- you know, naked, I'll return like whatever the Lord wants to do, the Lord will do. You know, he had that understanding of God's sovereignty, but he had these moments where he became fixated on the here and now and was... kind of like Elijah, you know, just let me die, you know, curse the day I was born and just let me die. You know? So I think if those strong men in the Bible face that same thing, yeah. Who are we to think that we won't battle that same thing? And, and we're just not always going to have that eternal mindset. I mean, it's very easy to get distracted by the, the right now and what's going on. You know, it's, it's easy like Peter walking on the water, as cliché as, as that may be to bring that up, right? It's very easy to be distracted by the waves and take your eyes off of Jesus and, and focus on everything that's around you.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it's cliché at all. Uh, it reminded me of the the other quote about, you know, like, I believe, but help my own beliefs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for sure. You know, it's yeah. like we're 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 part of the way there. And I think that's part of the, just the struggle of, of humanity is, you know, like we're, We're, we're not, we're, we're in this like in between state. Right. So yeah. I mean, even, yeah. Paul too, you know, like who will deliver me from this body of death. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and Paul had a very big struggle about, you know, the exact same thing about wanting to stay, you know, here on earth and minister, even though that guy went through a lot of (laughs) suffering and discouragement and also wanting to be, you know, with Christ and glory.
0: yeah you think about how many letters were written from prison, (laughs) You yeah. Know, or right after a, a beating. Yeah. 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 Well do you mind if I uh
1: do you mind if I share my kidney stone story?
0: <laughs> no, no, go ahead, man.
1: Yeah. So obviously there's a, a whole spectrum of uh of discouragement, right? But um I, I guess I'll briefly touch on a story for myself and just uh I guess the the, the pain, you know, part of discouragement, right? So um Lots of people go through kidney stones. Um, I had a particularly bad one that took almost a month to get out of my body, and uh, and and that was after having surgery. Um, so anyway, you know, I went through surgery. And that was fine. I was okay for a couple of days, and then you know it started to move, and I don't know what it is about my body, but it took forever for this stupid thing to get out of me, and. Doctors often say that uh, kidney stones are the closest thing a man can experience to uh, childbirth. And I've even heard a few women say now that eh, it's kind of worse. Um, so anyway, uh, I, for about two weeks, was just at home, completely debilitated. Um, it felt like someone was stabbing me in the back and having uh, like really bad like uh, back spasms sort of thing. But it was so bad, like these spasms and this pain would last for hours at a time. And so I spent about two weeks uh, getting about 20 or 30 minutes of sleep at a time. And so, you know, most of us, we can go through intense pain, you know, for a day, a couple days, a weekend or something. But whenever you're in such intense pain and you're not sleeping, your psyche starts to slip, right? And so I was in a really bad place. Um, You know, I was battling, you know, some depression. I was getting angry about it. And I was kind of working through those questions, you know, like, okay, Lord, like, I know this isn't a sin issue. This is, you know, hey, my body's going through something. What is it that you're trying to teach me through this? And I really didn't get an answer. And so I just want to encourage people because I've, I've, I've had a few weeks now to kind of recover and, and think about it, but I was so poured out and empty and exhausted and in intense pain and no sleep. And I, I literally felt crazy, you know, cause you, you run off fumes for a couple of weeks at a time, you know, you're, you're just not mentally Okay. Um, and I was basically like begging God, I'm like, please let this thing pass and quickly, you know, just because like, I, I don't see any, any more reason for this. Like, I don't see anything else that you're trying to teach me. I don't see a sin here. Um, and I mean, obviously, like I, I was sinning, like in my thought life. You know, because I was, I was kind of angry, you know, like for, for me, whenever I'm scared or I'm in a lot of pain, I tend to gravitate towards anger, you know, and just every time even just going to the bathroom hurt, you know, and it's just like, you know, I'm like almost like wanting to punch the wall. Like yeah. I was in such pain and there wasn't a whole lot of relief and I, I, I definitely battled some discouragement through that because I didn't really understand why other than just, you know, Hey, this is just a natural thing. And, you know, it's fairly normal for people to go through this. Um, but obviously I didn't like it. Um, but you know, thinking, thinking back through it though, I was actually, I was talking to one of our pastors about it and cause like I, I felt bad, like I was isolating. I didn't want my wife or my kids to see me in pain like that. You know, I'm supposed yeah. to be like the the strong, tough dad and husband. <laughs> right. And I mean, I mean, I was, you know, curled over on the floor, you know, many times, just like groaning in pain. And I hated my kids seeing me like that because it started to freak them out and they were kind of getting scared and stuff. And, um, you know, w- one of our pastors just told me, he was like, dude, you know, you went through a really hard thing and I was telling him about my kids and I was like, man, I just feel so bad they had to see me like that. And he's like, you know what? Like your kids went through a hard thing and you came out on the other side and they watched you go through that. And you're okay. But it also, you know, taught them some things too. So, I mean, it wasn't that I got like the answer that I wanted. Of course, I don't want you know, my kids to see me like that or anything uh, or my wife or, you know, the church or anything like that. But I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. I isolated <laughs> I wasn't praying, but I Uh, I do remember there was, there was one day, it was just in the afternoon. And, you know, one of the blessings through that was, you know, our church community and my wife and my family, they came alongside me and encouraged me through it. And they were the ones, you know, literally sometimes helping to lift me up just to function throughout the day. Um, And I mean, my, my story is not unique. You know, there are tons of people who go through, uh, you know, pain, through more pain, different types of pain, things like that. And, you know, what What a beautiful picture when people come around you, um, even if the pain doesn't stop, you know, just going through that with somebody together. But I mean, I, I remember one day that, that there was a day where I was just so exhausted. All I did was I was like crying out to God. I couldn't even pray anymore. And I just turned on my phone and I turned on some worship music and I just laid there, you know, and, and honestly, it kind of felt like what we were talking about where, you know, like the spirit, you know, will like intercede for you and pray for you. And that was probably the most encouraging day because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew it wasn't going to stop, but I also knew that I wasn't alone and that God was there with me and that, you know, someone was there praying on my behalf, you know, because I, there was no control. There was no, I'm going to fix this. It was (laughs) just like,
0: I'm completely done. Yeah. And all I can do is cry out to you. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's literally no way for you to fix that. You had seen doctors and it wasn't getting fixed. Yeah. You know, and it's on top of, you know, turning our eyes to Jesus and then getting back to all the basics that we think about praying and reading the word, right. We've talked a lot about the promises in scripture, you know, and, and the people in scripture that we can look to. And so reading the word is important, you know, and, and even worshiping, proclaiming the goodness of God, even when we don't feel like it, but that exhortation from others can be such a big component. You know, you talked about being so weak and needing help and Paul wrote, you know, to uh, Timothy, I believe where he said to admonish the idol and to encourage the faint hearted and help the weak. And the idea of that was going back to the sin thing, the idol, uh, the person who's idol would be that unruly kind of rebellious person, probably in sin. We need to admonish them, which is rebu- rebuke, reprove, kind of bring correction. Yeah. But then to encourage the faint-hearted, those who are uh, discouraged, you know, and, and just encourage them. But then those who are weak were, were literally those, the description there is literally those who need to be held up. You know, it's it's yeah. someone who's just so weak, it's like they can't stand on their own. And you need that person to come alongside you and help hold you up. And so part of of us ministering to our brothers and sisters in Christ is kind of recognizing that. when When someone is... Down, discouraged, going through something is talking with them and kind of finding out like, where are they? Like, do we need to call them to repentance? Do we just need to encourage them, pray with them, you know, maybe share some encouraging words or are they in that place where we really, we really need to just put our arm around them and and help hold them up, you know, in that time and and just really be there for them in a, a more intense way. And that goes a long way. And I mean, you've experienced it personally, recently, you know, and just how important that is and requires vulnerability. Uh, It requires some discernment on both sides. It requires us, you know, as the one who's feeling discouraged to be honest, you know, about facing that. But it also requires the rest of us to not be so focused inside, actually be looking for opportunities, right? To to serve
1: no i mean 100 percent. like you, you just reminded me too because i mean i had several er visits during that i mean just for pain management and um you know my wife basically sent out a text and on two separate occasions men from our church showed up at really inconvenient hours and drove me to the er yeah. and even sat in the parking lot because they they, they would, like refused to like leave even though i told them you know <laughs> i'd find a ride right home um you know just the- uh <laughs> a nod to my stubbornness, I (laughs) guess I'll figure it out. I'll Um, walk home, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. There there were people willing to do that. Um, but you know, like, like I said, with like the spectrum of discouragement though, like that was a very obvious, like, Hey, this person's in pain, but you know, whenever you're mentally, you know, spiritually discouraged, things like that, it can be easy to hide those things and not so obvious for people to be like, yeah, like I'll step in and help you. Yeah. Um, it, it, it takes a little bit more discernment and work to, uh, to encourage people who aren't in like, you know, a physical, uh, you know, distress or something. So,
0: yeah. Be willing to ask for help. I mean, I think that's probably a big piece of advice for people, right? Yeah. Not not even willing, like do it. Do it yeah. Don't be willing. Don't be stubborn like us <laughs> for help.
1: And it is, it's one of those things where like, we just like,
0: we're terrible at remembering
1: things yeah. and it's like, yeah, you have to do this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. So any other thoughts? Any closing thoughts on overcoming discouragement or feelings of losing your faith?
1: <laughs> I think I think you had uh, mentioned at men's breakfast that uh, one of the, one of the ways to encourage each other is to, especially for men, is to go grill meat together. <laughs> That's a yes. good way to go bond and actually yeah. talk about real life. So
0: that one wasn't in the Bible, but it's implied. <laughs> I think somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think you throw some, throw some, you could throw it under, you know, the title of breaking of bread, right? Yeah, exactly. Breaking of bread, (laughs) grilling of meat. Not talking about Uh, the Lord's Supper. No, not the Lord's Supper. No. (laughs) But yeah, there's, there's something bonding about throwing meat on a flame. Yeah. Definitely helps. Being able to open, open up and talk with each other.
1: And yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, some of the, uh, most in-depth conversations I've had with dudes have been around, you know, campfires and and grills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely.
0: Yeah. Most definitely. Well, man, it was good to have you back on here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's good to be back together. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're dropping new episodes every Monday. Get subscribed on your favorite podcast platform. That way you do not miss an episode. We'd also love the chance to connect with you. uh, Maybe hear some of the stories of how you've been encouraged by fellow Christians. Uh, So you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching Deed and Truth Podcast. We're also on Twitter searching Deed underscore truth. And then you can reach us on our website at deedandtruthpodcast.com, where you're actually able to leave us a review. We'd encourage that. Or you can just drop a message or even lead a voicemail where we can check your voicemail and then we'd be able to answer your questions or share your testimony on our next episode. All right. Until next time.